Hello, everybody. Yeah, good afternoon, Marvelites. I am Joshua. I'm Jamie. And, and we're, we're going to do Daredevil. Daredevilites. De- well, yes. Daredevilers. Yeah, we are daredevilers. <laughs> um, We're daredevilers in a world think, of Marvelites. Um, Daredevil was created in 1963. Three or four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, do you think they had any trouble getting the name Daredevil or using the name Daredevil? Um, Daredevil was actually an existing comic book character mm-hmm. who was then in the, um, had lapsed into the public domain, I believe. Okay. And the owner of Marvel, whose name I always forget, who was Stanley's uncle or some relation to Stanley, mm-hmm. basically said, we need to do something with a character called Daredevil quick before someone else grabs this. Right. And that's, uh, that was sort the of impetus. how, sort of how the, the, the production companies, or, 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 the, or the movie studios yeah. didn't want to lose the rights of their characters. That's why we had Spider-Man 2 and 3 with Andrew yeah. Garfield. They had to quickly exactly. make something. How we had the reboot of, of um, Fantastic Four, same type of deal. Exactly, yes. But thank you, Stan Lee, for speaking up and deciding that you wanted to do some Daredevil because it gives us something to read and something to talk about. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Um, one quick note. Um, I've been playing... Uh, what is that the Marvel game? Marvel called? Contest of Champions. Contest of Champions. Oh, you've been playing I've that. I've been playing huh? that, yeah. yeah and it's a fun way to, to, to just kill six hours. It, oh, I know. I actually stopped playing it. That's funny because um, I was like, I was not being as productive as I wanted to be. Yeah. Because now in my downtime, I would be playing that game versus reading comic books. I was like, you know what? If I I don't I don't have enough time to do both, so yeah. I'm gonna I yeah. played that game for a long time, Jamie. I'm still playing it because I haven't got Daredevil yet as a character. Okay. And that's that's my... I need to get Daredevil. Yeah. Um, uh, there, if anyone knows how you do it, I, it, it the crystal thing is bugging yeah. me because there's one at the moment where you can get a Punisher character. Mm-hmm. And every time I press it, it comes up with 5,000 gold, 3,000 yeah, gold. And yeah. the Punisher is make it. Side. They make it very hard. Is there a technique? Is there no, a method? No. Some no, people were talking about how like if you hit it at a certain time... Yeah. It'll you, you get a better chance, but no, there's not really. The only thing that I have found when I played the game was that if you do a mass summon mm-hmm. where you open a whole bunch at once without yeah. spinning it, yeah. you get better odds because it factors them together. Oh, okay. Because like the odds of getting Punisher are like, I don't know, like 1% or less or whatever. Right. But if you open 10 of them together, now your chances are increased. To 10%. Potentially. But I don't know if that's true or not, so don't. Okay, I'll give that a go. And you got two two daredevils. You got the red suit, and yeah. you got the Netflix one. Yeah, and and this is why I kind of mentioned that. Um, I've uh, I was talking to someone recently, and they were asking about what my favorite suit was, and I was going through, and um, you know, there's I think there's maybe seven or eight suits that he's had over time. You're um, not including like, are you including how the yellow suit the le- the yellow suit had a D and then a double D? No, I'm gonna go yellow. Okay, and then I'm gonna go red. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go, uh, he had the uh, armor. Mm-hmm. The red lasted for an incredibly long time. The armor is the one that had like the silver and the... Yeah, which yeah. was a uh, fall from grace. Mm-hmm. Then he kind of went back to the red and then he introduced like a red and black design. Then it was like a gray and red. Um, and I don't, the gray and red. The gray and red was only for a little while. I think okay. it was in the recent run. Um, 
I couldn't tell you. Because most recently it was black and red. Yeah. I, which I like that. Okay. Maybe I'm getting that wrong. Maybe I just saw a different color scheme in that world. Um, and then um, the Netflix one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking about it and you said, you know, I said most people really don't like the armor, but I kind of dig that look. Mm-hmm. I've always kind of liked it when it's toned down, when it's heavily 1990s, mm-hmm. you know, make the armor the big part of it. It, it. it gets a bit overwhelming. But when it's toned down, it looks kind of cool where it's just like, you know, a little bit of here and mm-hmm. a little bit of there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the yellow. Absolutely mm-hmm. love the yellow. I yeah. love the red because it's just fantastic. It's Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the Netflix one. I realized. Oh, really? Yeah. If I was going to get any kind of uh, sketches done of him and someone did the Daredevil one, I think, you know, I wouldn't hate it because yeah. any, any drawing is good. But there was a part of me that was a bit like, hmm. That's I funny. I wouldn't enjoy that one as I, much. I, I like the Daredevil or I like the Netflix one for for what it is. Yeah, I think it works because they're trying to make it more of a realistic outfit. Yeah, and so obviously you can't go with spandex. Mm-hmm. So I think they they made it look like it's pieced together, kind of like armorish. Yeah, almost it's like that um, like could Cap- make. like how Captain America's outfit looks in the Avengers movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. sort of how it's kind of pieced together, um, like like with really thick bulletproof material. Yeah, like you could actually yeah. see someone putting it on and then putting on these over these over. They, I, it was up in auction, by the way. Uh, I saw they, that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, opening bid ten grand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wonder if that's if that was an actual outfit that he wore though, because sometimes I, I I always wonder because they make all of these outfits as yeah. like backups and stuff, mm-hmm. like the ones that are wore are, are you're like kind of sewn into them. Yeah, yeah. You can't have potty breaks. <laughs> that's what I've heard. So, um, <laughs> yeah. But so when, maybe, when you guys have yeah. done buying us the uh, yeah the yeah cover, yeah, but the whole but, but Jamie, I get to keep the costume because you just I don't like it. You yeah. just got done with saying you didn't want yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You can have um, that one. Uh, I, one thing I'll say before we start then, because you brought up costumes, you also should talk about the, the black costume with the head covered. Um, that was, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the other one, which was from the, uh, man without fear mm-hmm. miniseries as well. And also played a big role and in a big role in the TV show. Yeah. But and that one, I, you know, I kind of got that. That mm-hmm. was like the, um, the first. Yeah. Yeah. And it was all right. It, it, it nothing compares to, I think in order, I would say yellow, red. Fall from grace. So y- you like yellow, which was seven issues, pl- plus also flashbacks pop up, maybe 10 yeah. flashbacks over the course of the 600 plus issues. Yeah, and a couple of guest stars. Well, one with Spider-Man. With Spider-Man. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And then also um, the, um, the uh, Daredevil Yellow from mm-hmm. Jeff Loeb, which I'm yeah. excited to talk about in the future because I really like that a lot. Yeah. Kind of the retelling of his origin. Um, so there hasn't been much yellow. No. Except maybe in, that's why I like it. And there's been a good amount of fan art. Yeah. For yellow, which is kind of fun to see people draw. Yeah, I, I like uh, when I drew that picture of Daredevil. Um, yeah, I drew it and painted it re- or, or colored it red in Procreate, and then afterwards I, I I made the yellow version. I remember I posted them online and said, "Which one do you prefer?" And you're like the yellow. You're like, I like the, I like, I like the yellow. So, yeah. Yeah. so I get it. <laughs> yeah, there's that. There's that great. I think it's a uh, Rafa Grandpa did a great one of him in the yellow costume. Oh yeah, where his f- fists are down, yeah. and I don't. They might be bloody. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but yeah. Single D, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, single D. Yes, sir. You prefer the single D with the yellow? I don't think I mind. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I mind. I think the single D was only for three issues, wasn't it, or two issues? So. I can't remember when they when they yeah. got it on there. Okay. All right, everybody. Hi, sorry. I'm Joshua. That, that's that's the preamble. <laughs> <laughs> that's the preamble. Uh, anyway, we are in uncharted territory. We are. We are in a new world, a brave oh new world of Daredevil. This is a world that many people... Don't actually yeah. ever which, swim in. Which I'm super excited to talk about yeah. today because, and th- 
uh, in preparing for this podcast, mm-hmm. I read these issues for the first time. Ever. I had never read them before. Yeah. A, a lot of the other stuff I had previously read, especially all the Frank Miller stuff, so it was mm-hmm. really cool. Um, I don't know if it's ever been collected in anything. I think it hasn't... Um, this stuff hasn't been collected except for in the Masterworks, I believe. This also is in the Masterworks. Okay. Yeah, because Masterworks... Oh, no, it's not. Masterworks has only just hit up to Frank Miller. So uh-huh. this isn't. this hasn't been collected anywhere. The stuff that has been collected is the later... Uh, Danny O'Neill stuff, which mm-hmm. is the um, the Gael or whatever that that character is, or the much later stuff mm-hmm. where it's like the um, the uh, IRA storylines. So for those of you listening at home, these if you are, want if you want to read these, you unfortunately yeah. cannot go to Marvel Unlimited because nope. they are not on the app. Hopefully, they will be one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, Marvel will um, answer our letters. Yeah, but uh, yeah, hopefully they add them to Marvel they'll, Unlimited at some point. Stop the injunction against us. And yeah. <laughs> uh, who are those two crazy guys? Yeah. Um, so we read these off the floppies, and thankfully yeah. uh, Jamie had uh, procured them earlier yeah. on and was able to pass them along to me. The only um, issue I am lacking is issue one. Issue one. I have yeah. reprints of it, but I don't have a, a single because you know it's expensive. Yeah. Um, so so today we are going to talk about. Uh, uh, we have a really quick uh, guest. We have we, ha- we have two very quick. Um, um, no, we have three. We have three very quick guest appearances. Yes. We have Iron Man 169. Yeah. We have Fantastic Four uh, 255. Yeah. And we have um, Marvel 2-in-1, I believe, number... Uh, 93, is it, or something it, like that? 93. You have it yeah. right down there, Jamie. I know. I'm not going to bend down there. That's okay. far too professional for that. 96. 96? Yeah. Okay. So um, we're going to talk about those. Mm, then uh, then uh, we're going to jump into some fun new issues. Four of them, right? Yes, uh, 192, 193, 194, 195. 191, 192, 193, 194, 195. Not 192, 193, no, 194, the the heavily drinking he pushed for that as an editor on that that story i believe um and so iron man's flying around and he crashes through a billboard and daredevil is nearby and he sees it and says that's weird he looks like he's lost control but you know it's iron, iron man it's iron man he's, he's one know, of the original yeah, he, avengers he knows what he's doing come on yeah i'm not gonna try and guess what happened there but he obviously knows what's going on and that's it yeah um the only other thing of note in this issue which i think um if for anyone who is interested in reading iron man storylines um this is the first issue i believe where jim rhodes puts on the iron man armor and he as people may know uh, covered for Tony Stark, who was going through alcoholism and combating that demon in the bottle um, during this period. So um, Jim Rhodes was Iron Man for a little bit. Now, uh, Tony Stark pops up in a couple of issues of Daredevil later where he's drunk at parties um, when we see Heather Graham, uh, Heather Glenn. I was going to say Heather Graham, but that's a person in the real world. Uh, Heather Glenn. Um, but other than that, that's it. That's uh, It's drunk Iron Man crashing through billboards. Now we're going to go to Fantastic Four. And what's cool about this issue that I really liked was it's a cameo, but the start of the cameo included three pages of just letting Fantastic Four fans know who Daredevil was. But literally, 
the only reason Daredevil was in this issue mm-hmm. was because he hits a force field yeah, that he can't around. that he can't see, yeah. and he makes the comment, "Huh, this is where my radar senses cannot detect it." Yeah, and that's it. That's it. That's it. It's um, John Burns, uh, Daredevil, who he's he drew a couple of issues earlier on. You remember there was the Ghost Rider one. I think he drew that Ghost Rider story where John, uh, Daredevil and Ghost Rider go up against Deathstalker, and John Byrne is considered one of the uh, like the the Mount Rushmorey American. I mean, I guess Marvel Mount Rushmore. Oh no, he did some DC stuff as well. So I guess he's one of the the faces of artwork in that period of of I, comics. I just think it was so cool that that um, and, and he did a great job of drawing it. But I I don't know if it was him, if it was a story. Because you know how back in the day, yeah. you know, they talk about how like the artist kind of. He the was the right artist at this stage, so he. But he didn't write this issue, though. He didn't. Oh, no, right. no, I didn't know that. I thought he was. I no, thought no, he was no. completely this running it, the show. This issue, this. real quick, was stand by, was written by. Uh, oh no, you were right. Oh my goodness, you were so right. He did write it as well. Uh, say that one more time, please. Uh, uh, Jamie, you're right. Everybody, <laughs> uh, fast forward or rewind fast. Um, but what? But what I wanted to say was, it's just so cool that he took the time to draw like four pages. Yeah. Of Daredevil jumping around, maybe he just really liked the character, yeah. and literally it served no purpose to, to waste three pages of this story. You only yeah. need the fourth page, um, which he's a half of, yeah. of him hitting that thing, saying, "That's weird with my radar senses. I can't tell that you know we're, yeah. we're like in a force field. There's some big force field or something." Mm-hmm. But you get to see him like jumping on an American flag, going off of water towers. You know, doing like going through clotheslines. Yeah, talking about how great he is. Yeah. And they use those four pages to talk about Daredevil, like I said, to introduce him to Fantastic yeah. Four fans. Yeah. You know? So anyone who maybe wanted to try a new comic book at that stage. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's so that. that's it. And now for Marvel two and one. I loved this issue. Yeah. This issue was so much fun. If you guys remember um Fantastic Four Annual Three, was mm-hmm. it three? I yeah, where well, the wedding. The wedding. I mm-hmm. think it was three. Don't quote me on that. Um, but, uh, because it was the wedding, uh, we had all the villains Everyone. was showing up trying to, uh, you know, take down the fantastic floor yeah. while the guard was down. They were all under kind of mind control, which is the same sort of thing in this issue. Mm-hmm. But so what this is, is, um, obviously Marvel two and one is thing yeah. teamed up with a co-star and, it, and this one doesn't have a specific co-star. No, it actually what says it, featuring the thing. It doesn't even list. Yeah. Normally on the cover, it would say uh-huh. the thing and someone. So the thing is moping around. He's in a hospital. He has he's, like the flu. He or has something. the flu or something. Yeah. He's like, poor me. You know, my life is terrible, blah, blah, blah. And literally, like every single villain in the Marvel Universe, including Doctor Doom, and I mean everybody. Doctor Doom has a great bit because Doctor basically everyone is like, "We're going to take the thing. We're going to take the thing down." While but Doctor Doom says, "I would never do that when someone isn't at full capacity. <laughs> That's beneath me." So he doesn't. He doesn't come to the hospital. He he sees it in the newspaper and he's like, "Oh, he's completely. You know, I could take him now. I could kill him, but that that is not how I roll." So anyway, <laughs> so while uh, Thing is in the hospital, everyone comes to try to take him down, and so. All the heroes in the Marvel universe yeah. come in to protect the thing and, yeah. s- and save them. And initially, they're there to say, you know, get get well get, soon. Get, Here's some grapes and some yeah. flowers. But, but the, like, oh the no. nurse is like, oh, oh you no. guys can't be in. Yeah, here. get out. Yeah, here's this 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 bad guy. Yeah. You know, I might as well beat him on the way because the thing can't take care of himself. Yeah. So it starts out, and um, you know, we're not going to go over the issue. We'll just say Daredevil's part. So Daredevil shows up, and he was visiting the thing, mm-hmm. and he ends up taking down Mirage. Um, 
the Mirage, mm-hmm. and um, he's got like three or four goons with him as well. I think it's the same. I think it's him create, thought, recreated, or is it, it goons? It, it's hard to tell. Yeah, but they la- they will dress very similar. Yeah, he, he later on ends up making more of himself. Yeah, but Daredevil just does his typical swings in, throws the Billy Club, uh, ends up um, you know laying the smack down. He, yeah. he's he gets about three pages worth of material, which is yeah. kind of cool. It's a fun little fight. Yeah, and uh, he, this guy Mirage creates mirages of, of, himself, of himself and says, yeah. you know, you'll never know which one to hit. And Dad was like, dude, uh, please, I can smell you. It's you. Yeah, and it, punches the guy and, and takes it down. So yeah. that's it, except, um, except for there's another page right before the end. I know, Jer- I, I know Jamie's going to talk about the ending real quick because yeah. he liked it, but there's another page that it's a wonderful splash page yeah. that just has all of the heroes and villains just in this big fight. All the whole thing is just moping in the... He's just in a guy, and this is so boring, yeah. being trapped in a hospital. Um, yeah, so it, you get to see a shot, of once again, of the Darede- of Daredevil uh, kicking Mirage, and you got yeah. Mr. Fantastic, Sasquatch, you know. You got everybody, Namor, pops up thor it's, mm-hmm. it's a cool little bit it's a fun issue you should definitely pick it up yeah definitely i mean the the, the um the uh, two and ones are great fun anyway they're really enjoyable comics so um, go ahead and tell about the ending of it so the ending we it. have this big fight going on outside and we cut to we see kind of uh floating through the air ducts is uh, particles of sand and they come together in ben Grimm's hospital room and it's sandman which we should point out is the only per- bad guy that was actually able to get into Who the got room. It. Yeah, is mm-hmm. his name? I can. I always forget his name. Is it Kane Marco or is that someone know. else? I don't know. Anyway, Sandman's there, and he sits down and things like, "Well, you know, I've got the flu. You've got the drop on me. I guess this is it." And he's like, "No, I just wanted to show that I could do this. <laughs> I just wanted you to know that if I wanted to, I could come in here." And to be perfectly honest, you know. Yeah, it's it's fun to know. Anyway, I brought you some stuff, and he gives him some cigars, and he gives him a six pack, and they sit there and just they they chat for a bit, and they drink some beers, and they smoke some cigars, and that's yeah. it. It's, it's, it's a cool little moment. It's a nice little moment. Definitely pick that one up. Yeah. All right, guys. So we're, uh, guys and gals, we're going to talk about the 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 next four issues the that, next four issues, that yeah. follow Frank Miller's run. So Frank Miller's gone, and yeah. uh, but but our buddy Klaus Janssen, Klaus came, comes s- back. Yeah, he sticks around and he actually uh, draws pencils and inks all four of these issues. So he even does. Though, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though Frank Miller is gone, we've got Klaus back, which is great because it keeps the same type of feel because his artwork is you know coming straight from uh, what he yeah. did with Frank Miller. So it's it's great. Um, that it doesn't uh, shift too much. Because, you know, sometimes that kind of takes you out of it when you were used to something for so long, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this is way different. Yeah, yeah, it can be quite a smart book. So we learn, um, so we, we have a, a a guest writer. This is the only issue that they ever do. And the next one is the same. That's what I wanted to kind of say was, so we're going to cover four issues. Yeah. And uh, Danny Danny O'Neill um, is editing it. Yeah, he's stage. editing. He, he writes the last two, I believe. But yeah. the first two are different writers so they yeah. kind of went through some people giving them a chance to do solo shots yeah this guy is alan brennett alan uh-huh. brennett was a screenplay writer and he is actually he really loves comics or he loved comics um and he never quite got it so that he could manage his time to write comics and mm-hmm. tv at the same time so he's stuck with tv uh, for obvious reasons um and uh, this issue is fantastic it is absolutely amazing. 192 uh, it has a completely different yeah. logo on the cover, which is worth mentioning, which is great. The and, cover and, and I is hope, fantastic. And I hope that people that were collecting this book back in 1983, hopefully, the, oh, actually, this is March. This might be 1984. No, this is 
This is 1982. Yeah. Well, anyways, early 80s when people were collecting this, I'm hoping that after they read the last issue... 83. That's weird that it says 82 on the cover, but it is 83. Maybe it was just the artwork was done in 82. Maybe they've been sitting on this one for a while because it doesn't mention Electra. It doesn't mention any of that stuff. I think this is a a print and error. I think Marvel... no, this is a, f- yeah, anyway. Anyways, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're nitpicking some little stuff here. But I, I'm hoping that when people pick this book up in 1982 or three, three, whenever it was, when they picked it up, I'm hoping that th- it was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Because you dealt with a lot of really kind of dark, dark, dark stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you ended with that last issue, 191, which we mm-hmm. covered last podcast, which was very, very dark, where, you know, Daredevil kind of showed a different side of himself. Yeah, he was kind of a failure and everything was bad and he mm-hmm. was a bad person. So this, now, one, so this is him actually kind of, yeah. in a way, sort of redeeming himself because he makes a lot of choices where, you know, like he's thinking about the good. Yeah, and he not so much the bad. He isn't really the main character in this. No. Ben Uric is the main Ugh. character, which is always, th- those issues are always fun. Ben is the best. And what this is, this to give you a quick overview before we go into more detail, basically what happens is the kingpin t- tries to put the squeeze on Ben and mm-hmm. turn him into a pawn, mm-hmm. which is what he does. You know, he, 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 he creates soldiers in his army and mm-hmm. it's either through coercion or through uh, carrot or stick and he's going for a little bit of both with ben so S- since it's been a minute since we've talked about ben yurik i just yeah. want to say so for those of you who don't really know much about him he is one of the daily bugles best writers yeah but he hasn't written that piece yet that has brought him that financial stability that writers try to get yeah because as you know most writers back in the day kind of work on probably sales yeah in a sense like they might get their they might get bonuses if they write the the, the stories that end up selling the papers mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff so yeah he's a good beat reporter he's good at like doing that investigative reporting but he hasn't written that story yet that has put him over the yeah. top and he lives in the city and it's yeah. expensive and, and, and he, he doris li- is not happy yeah his wife doris is not happy and ben also um I just want to point out that he did have a chance to write, to turn in that story that would make him famous, the Pulitzer yeah. Prize stuff that would get him out of this hole that he so desperately wants to get out of mm-hmm. financially, meaning the house and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but he can't do it because he knows if he would have turned in that story, it would be outing Daredevil as Matt Murdock. Yeah. And he can't do that because of the good of the city and the good of the person. Yeah. So he's purposely put himself or or he even though he had the opportunity to get out of it he's kept himself in this um, uh, position that he's in because it's the best thing to do even though it, it may not always yeah. feel like it his wife is nagging him because there's uh, like you know it's there's like a, cockroaches there's cockroaches the, uh, yeah. um it's a not a good location and ben is trying so hard and he works hard and she he she gets so frustrated because they don't get enough time together and yeah. he, she's like please, we've got to make a better life for ourselves. We want to have kids or we want to do this. We want to have a better life. So when he gets the opportunity to actually do something, well, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. So what happens is that he he is finding out a story and the story is that um, Jimmy Hughes, who's the man who started him as a reporter, the editor who started him, he's got some evidence that suggests that Jimmy Hughes has been under the mob control, under the influence of the mob for 20 years. And he's going through it. And while he's going through this information, someone tries to take him out. He gets mm-hmm. a, there's a sniper up on the Daily Bugle sign who is about to shoot him when Daredevil comes down and saves him. 
They have a little tussle. He takes him out. Um, and he says, who sent you? Who's trying to kill those two? Um, and he said, the, the guy says, you know, I was just trying to scare them. I wasn't trying to, um, I wasn't trying to kill him. I was just trying to scare them. And then, and Daredevil's able to sense that this is true. Um, and he says, I don't know who hired me. I, and Daredevil again says, damn it, he, this is true. So Ben comes back out and says, you know, thanks for doing that. I knew that something like that might happen. And then we cut back and we, we cut to uh, Ben and Doris and they're, you know, they're such a great couple because they deeply, deeply love each other. Mm-hmm. But, we see that they're in this ramshackle apartment and there's cockroaches in the cutlery drawer and she's and Doris is saying, you know, it's it's too much. I, I, we've got to get I, out I, I just want to say, just kind of giving a shout out to, to Alan uh, Brennert, the, uh, the, the author. Like, uh-huh. I love this line about Doris in the relationship where, where she goes, it's just Ben. Yeah. And then we go to another dialogue box. So time passes. So I, I just love the way that there's admiration because you've got Ben, uh-huh. And then, and then the way your eyes read the page, yeah. you see her looking at him. Yeah. Then he's you asleep see, in bed, and she's just watching him sleep. Right. But after the bend, so you you can tell the admiration is there. And then it goes. This is the only time she has to really look at him these days. Ten, fifteen minutes each morning before he wakes up, though she can remember a time when they would spend the entire days together alone. So that right there shows you what the, the status of their relationship. Yeah. They're in love, but he's gone too much. He's working. He's trying really hard, but I, I don't know. I really liked how that was written, and then that's when the cockroaches show up and ruin everything. Yeah, <laughs> cockroaches come in, and they kind of and you know they're talking about how they're trying to buy this place, but they haven't had any luck, and they're going to go house hunting again. They're going to go to Westchester, try and find some nice place mm-hmm. for them to get, and you know maybe this time they'll get lucky. Then we cut to Daredevil, and there's a great bit where Daredevil jumps into the uh, the window of Maxine Lavender, district attorney. We met Maxine Lavender before. I can't remember which issue, but we now know that she's the DA. Well, yeah, I, d- I didn't think she was a district attorney no, before. She's, I, th- I guess she got elected recently. Um, and she jumps in, and there's this great exchange between them where uh, she says, what would you have done if I'd locked the window? And Daredevil says, I give up. I don't know. What would I have done? <laughs> it's like, okay, we're gonna, I'm not going to do this. Um, so he gives off the names of the people who are uh, uh, making payoffs to Jimmy Hughes, and uh, it says, you know, have you got anything on them? Um, and, you know, they, they're working together and so they're going through the files can, to can, see if there's any link between this, the, yeah. the mob. Daredevil's, this Daredevil's trying to help out Ben Yur. Yeah, he's trying to find out if the story's true. Can, can I just say that it's kind of refreshing that there is a, a, a woman that Daredevil is not trying to get in or, or that, that she's not into Daredevil yeah. for, you know, like relationships. Yeah, stuff. they have a really good it, relationship, it, these it, two, it, and it's a professional It's a professional relationship. Yeah, rather than the constantly like... Yeah, uh, oh, Matt, he's so dreamy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's nice. We see Ben and Doris yeah, in their house, and I, they I find lo- this great place. I love this part. So so Doris is automatically in love, mm-hmm. and Ben is so happy that she's in love, yeah. but cannot help but think about like what it would take to get this house financially. He feels like, you know, he's got to be the bad guy here. Yeah. He's got to be the one that tells Doris that she can't get this house. And all Doris can think about yeah. is how much I really, 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 really want this. And Ben is like, I have to, I have, like, I wish I could make it work. I yeah. wish I could and I can't. But then he says the real estate it, agent 
who's showing him the house yeah. is like, I have this loan person or for, for the, for I the can, money I stuff. I can help you. I can help you out. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of nice because it basically he goes in and he says, uh, yeah, this is a beautiful house, but you're asking 125,000 and 20% down and we can barely make 10%. I'm sorry to have wasted your time. And yeah. the guy's like, Ben, hang on. Mr. Ulrich, sorry, Mr. Ulrich, wait, uh, I inherited this and some other properties. We can make this work. Here's a guy. I can talk to a guy at the bank. We'll make it work. And he's like, okay, well, call me. And then I love this moment so much, Jamie. So Doris comes downstairs and she's like, like, I can't get over the view up there. Oh, Ben, I could look out the window all day. And just previously, we didn't mention this. She had talked about like, I hate being home alone without you. Yeah. If we had a nicer house, Mm -hmm. I would be more willing to be at home because I know you need to work these long hours and everything. Yeah. And then when she comes down and says how much she likes it, there's a great shot. Klaus Janssen did a great job here of, of you can just see in Ben's eyes as yeah. he's looking up to her and like, he just knows I, he's got to make it I, work. I need to do this for my wife. Yeah. I need her to be happy. She's number one. I'm number two, which is how all, all people should think of their spouses, whether you're yeah. a man or a female. That's how it should always be. You should think of the other person before yourself. Yeah. And that is what he is doing right there. And that's when he goes, you know what? Let's try to make this work. Yeah. I love it. It just it shows how much they care about each other. Yep. Um, so we see, we cut to Daredevil is going to check on this guy and he's going to shake down some old mobsters. Um, and he gets there. There's like a, a dog, but he's able to avoid it. Um, and then he gets into a room in this house, which is in Englewood, New Jersey. New Jersey, I like that it's in New Jersey. It's a nice little touch. Um, and, you know, there's some ultrasonic sensors in there that are affecting him and he's kind of looking around he takes that out pretty quickly goes through a bunch of paperwork and he says you know um this is payments for a holding company and there's a whole load of illegal stuff that's been going on jimmy uses yeah so so daredevil pretty much proved what what ben was 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 hoping wasn't true was hoping was not true yeah and so then Daredevil goes to uh, to Ben's house. Ben's house and he kind of scares Doris. <laughs> he appears at the on the fire escape and she kind of she drops a uh, a blender or a toaster or something. But it's so cool because she goes, Ben, it's for you. Yeah. So that means Daredevil has showed up at this house, and it also means that that um, Ben is a little bit upfront yeah. with his relationship with Daredevil. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe Doris doesn't know that he's he's Matt. But, yeah, but I don't think she does. I don't but either, it, but he's they, kind of upfront that he's yeah. working with him. They have a relationship, uh-huh. you know, at least in this issue, issue makes it really seem like it, kind of like a um, Batman and Commissioner Gordon type of relationship. They do, yeah. And it's kind of cool. And what happens is that he's there and he's going through the paperwork and he's like, I'm, it's, he's sitting there in his underwear and his vest because <laughs> he's dis, disturbed him early in the morning. And he's going through and they're, they're saying, you know, I'm sorry, I found it out. I tried... To, I hoped with you that it wasn't going to be true, but it looks like it is. It looks like he's crooked. And then while he's there, the phone rings, and it's Barry Farnham, who was the redditor. And uh, he says, you know, good news. I talked to the bank. They're okay in the loan if you can put 10% down. You got yourself the house. And he tells Doris, and she's super happy. And Daredevil has a reaction. We don't know what it is. He says, you know, he's, he's what? But then he doesn't mention anything after that. He says, uh, congratulations, you two. Um, I'm out. Um, Can I just point out that he's drinking coffee? So Doris poured him a cup of coffee. I know. Isn't that cute? It is, it is, it is so cute. Doris made them coffee. And, and he leaves out the window. When he leaves out the window, he's waving, and Ben and Doris are waving. Yeah. It's just a cute little moment. They are really, truly happy, and Daredevil can tell that, but yeah. he knows something is kind of fishy about this whole loan situation. Yeah, and he says, congratulations. He leaves. Um, ben goes to see Jimmy. 
and find out what the story is. Yeah. And he says, you know, you've got no idea what it's like. Um, you know, Ben says, you are my, my hero, my mentor. I believed everything you said about ethics and scruples. And he says, look, you don't understand. My daughter just got married. It was 1959. Um, he's mixed up with the mafia. He's in trouble. They're going to make a lesson of him. I did what I could to save him. Can I, I just can I just say, uh, sorry to interrupt. I didn't no, mean no. to. It's, what's really cool, and um, you, know, you can attribute both the writer and the artist for this, but when, when writers utilize no dialogue, yeah. In a uh, in a panel. Yeah. And but the panel says so much. Yeah. When he's in there talking to his former mentor, mm-hmm. um, and and the and he tells the mentor like, look, you know, I'm here to collect a statement for what you did between these years. He starts to lie to Ben, saying, yeah. "Wait," he goes, "Ben, that's it's. I mean, absolutely not. What are you talking yeah. about?" But then there's a shot of just Ben's face. Yeah. Where Ben is has this reaction on his face, and this mentor who obviously means a lot to Ben, and yeah. Ben means a lot to him too. He can't lie to him, so he yeah. breaks down and says, "Okay, this is the truth." Yeah, uh, and he doesn't do it with any dialogue. No, it, it's, it's it's a great bit of storytelling. It is, yeah, it's, it's really. Did he write any more comics? No, I don't think he did. Is this the only one he's written? I think he may it, he may have done one or two others, but okay, I think I'm going to have to look one. into that because this is so well written. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that after the podcast here. Yeah, like I said, he was a uh, a um, TV writer, mm-hmm. and I think he did this, and that's it. Um, and so what happens is that. They're going through um, the details of like, the mafiosa thing, and Ben's like, you know, I'm so disappointed in you. This is this is not what I you, what you told me being a reporter was about. And that's when this guy uh, Jimmy Hughes says, you know, how dare you? You did the same thing when that lady assassin came to you. You you hit a story about the kingpin. So don't pretend like you you're any better. But you know what though? Like in Ben's defense, I don't think hiding a story is the same thing. If you're thinking about your safety, you are choosing to not notify the public because you're thinking of your safety. Yeah. I think that's not as bad as money laundering. Yeah. I don't know. That's my own opinion. Yeah. But this guy says, you know, it escalated from there. Yeah. That's that's how it started was what you did. Oh, okay. So don't think you're any better okay. than me. And then, you know, he, he tells Ben what he thinks. And then Ben just looks at him and says, you got 24 hours. If you care to make a statement after that, I'm going to write the story. And then he leaves, and uh, we see Matt and Foggy, and you know Foggy makes a little joke and says, uh, "Becky, is that really him?" Becky's still working <laughs> for them; they're up in their, their beautiful uh, law offices, and uh, and he makes a joke. You know, he says, "Where have you been? I've been calling you all weekend." And Matt says, "I was in Istanbul." <laughs> he, the fat man got a lead on the whereabouts of the Falcon. And he says. Please stop messing around, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and then Matt leaves because he's got a meeting in five minutes. And he goes over because he's trying to find information about this loan shark. Bonham. Uh, so he goes to his buddy Kingpin, who, uh-huh. you know, you know, Daredevil and Kingpin at this point are basically working together. Yeah. Now, this is a great bit. Oh, my gosh. What happens, I love this. You know, he mentioned, we, we remember that the guy who is given the loan is called Farnham. Now, mm-hmm. longtime listeners and readers will remember that name because Farnham was the building manager for their first law office, who turned out to be... The Mass Marauder. The Mass Marauder. And even Foggy makes it... makes it. Was that the... Um, the Mass Moron. The Mass Moron. <laughs> and um, he says, whatever, those guys all sound alike to me. And he says, uh, it turns out he owned, not just managed that building, and a few dozen like it. After he died battling Daredevil, his property went to his brother, who seems to have at least as many shady connections as old right. Frank. But what does this have to do with us? And he says, ah, oh, nothing. I was just going representing some tenants. And it was, uh, anyway, I've got to go. So it was at that point that he goes to Wilson Fist to get some answers. And I, I just want to do a little reading here because I, 
I this moment right here, and once again, this is not Frank Miller writing it. No, um, but this writing right here makes me realize that, or or really exemplifies how awesome the kingpin is. Yeah, how smart he is, and how he's the he's the perfect mob boss. So he just told, um, uh, cause, uh, um, Daredevil goes to the Kingpin and goes like, Hey, so it'll leave Ben. Why, why are you doing this with Ben Yurik? And, uh, yeah. And, and Kingpin goes, Ben Yurik has proven quite bro- uh, bothersome in the recent months. I'm simply providing myself with some insurance. Now this is a part that I like how he talks about why he's doing it this way and not just killing him. Yeah. So he goes, you see, physical intimidation is effective only up to a point. A threat can work once, perhaps twice. Then a display of force becomes necessary. A physical beating can instill fear, or it can, or it can backfire, motivating your opponent against you even further. Some men can be beaten, crippled, even blinded, and they will continue to fight. Hurt their families, and they will fight even more. In the end, the only foolproof way of controlling them is to kill them. But killing a journalist is a high-profile, high-risk endeavor. I try to avoid it whenever possible. Far easier is to place them in a position where, however unknowingly, they become dependent upon me. Someday, that will work to my advantage. That is genius thinking right there. Yeah. I mean, that is why Kingpin is so awesome. He's not just killing him, and this is why. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry. I thought that was so good. No, it's good, really good. It's good really story great. writing and yeah. good everything. He gets a really good voice for, for the Kingpin. He says, yeah. you know, uh, Daredevil says, you know, I, I know, but I know. I know what you're doing, and I'm going to tell Ben. And he says, it doesn't matter. It does, it's not going to change anything. Yeah. Why else would I be talking to you if I thought it was going to change anything? <laughs> he says, this is great. He says, Mr. Urich had a, has a dream, a rather small, pitiful dream, but still a dream, and he has a wife whom he would not disappoint for anything in this world. Ultimately, he can only do one thing. Ultimately, he will be mine. Gosh. It's so good. And Daredevil, all he can do is slam his, yeah. uh, his fist and this on the is table great. This is say, another callback. He <laughs> says, you know, what you're doing is disgusting. He says, is it? Because you did exactly the same thing with my wife. So, you know, just as Ben has been told what you did was similar, now Daredevil's being told, how is what you did different? You blackmailed me. You made me do something by throwing in my wife. <laughs> so Daredevil goes and tells him. and Th- But that's, this is what great. So Dare- the kingpin was right. Daredevil goes to Ben Yurik and he goes, hey, this is the deal. If you take that loan from that guy, you yeah. are going to be in um, kingpin's debt. Yeah. And guess what Ben Yurik does? He goes, he did exactly what the kingpin said he would do. Yeah, he says, I'm sorry, it. Matt. Uh, she needs that house. I need her to be happy. I need us to be happy. Yeah. If I'm in his debt, I'm in his debt. I have to do this. And and then Matt does something a little bit tricky. Well, it, it's a little bit kind of, I don't know if you want to do this to your friend. Yeah. You know, it's not Matt. Daredevil goes and... and no, it's, well, it's, 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 no, Daredevil goes and tells Doris. Well, he says, he's, Ben says, did he tell you? And Doris says, I made him tell me. But, but... Okay, but but when did that happen? How yeah. did, how do you really make somebody tell? Yeah, no, what happened? He came looking for you at home and waited for hours, then drove everywhere. I thought you might be. Uh, we waited for hours. Somehow he managed to figure out where you were in this huge park, um, and she says, "You know, don't do it. It doesn't matter that I'm unhappy. It's you and me. Where the the most important thing is you and me." And I will never be happy knowing that you had done that, and you will never be happy knowing you've done that. So we've just got to, you know, it's not going to change how much I love you whenever we get the house. It will come. Don't worry. As long as you and me are okay, we'll be fine. 
It's 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 such a cool moment. L- let me ask yeah. you this, Jamie, and for listeners at home. Yeah. Are there other superhero books that take a break from the main character and have the side characters kind of be the the focal point? Like, does this happen in Fantastic Four? Does this happen in X Men, Spider Man? Not in the same way. Not the the cast of supporting characters in Daredevil are a lot stronger than most others. I mean, there's mm-hmm. some things you know where James Gordon takes front and center in a Batman comic or something mm-hmm. like that. But this is like the, the the relationship that all of these characters have is so well formed at this stage, and and they've they've there is a uh, the fact that they know that that Ben Urich can carry an issue is definitely in there yeah. and the fact that he does it so well and it's like the third or fourth time that he's been front and center in an issue it's such a great issue it's yeah. beautiful artwork it's fantastic writing i just looked up alan uh, brennan and he wrote he wrote a couple of books for dc um going back from 1977 he did a few issues of wonder woman um and then you know there was a big gap because obviously he's working 1981 83 some brave and the bold um, and then 81 to 89, some detective comics, but only little bits on them, like special issues, 500 and 600. Uh, 1990, he wrote something in 2000, Batman Gotham Knight, Batman Black and White. For Marvel, he did Unknown Worlds of Science Fiction 4 and 5 and Special Number 1 in 1975-76, Daredevil 1983, and Star Trek Issue 12 in 1981. So three issues for Marvel, or however many, uh, four or five issues for Marvel. But um, he started out writing interviews with various people and really wanted to be a comic book writer. But then his TV career took off. And he was a writer for the Wonder Woman TV series. Hmm. Uh, Buck Rogers, um, he won an Emmy as a producer and writer for LA Law in 91. Um, He wrote a few of the new Twilight Zones, Out of Limits. um, And... He uh, since 2001 he's written episodes of television series Strange Atlantis and Star Trek Enterprise under the name of Michael Bryant so yeah he's still it seems like he's still active um, but he was mainly a TV guy mm. and uh, couldn't couldn't juggle the two but it is a fa- if anyone wants to read a single standalone yeah. issue, and you will have to go out and get it because it's not reprinted anywhere, mm-hmm. we would highly recommend issue 192 yes. of Daredevil. It's a fantastic issue and well worth tracking down and reading. It's mm-hmm. one of my Agreed. favorite Agreed. Uh, standalone issues. Um, so what we're going over today actually is four standalone issues. All four of them are, are pretty much one shots. They're not yeah. a part one, part two, part mm-hmm. three, which has actually been kind of fun. Yeah. It was refreshing reading these ones because it was kind of a, a little, you know, a little bit different than what we what we've done recently. We're kind of all the Frank Millers were all uh, kind yeah. of tied in together. So this is back to that single format. And issue one ninety three has a different um, author as well. Yeah, um, it's Larry Hammer. Yeah, Larry Hammer and uh, same art. Klaus uh, is still drawing, which yeah. is great, which keeps the feel the same. Yeah, but they're writing these one shot stories, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's and it's neat. kind of like the I, I think uh, we mentioned before, but there was a bunch of interviews where Frank Miller was talking about how he wanted to take Daredevil out into the world and do these kind of traveling single shots where it was like him almost like a tv series where this is an episode of the rather than single issues like an episode of the story where he goes to a town and solves the problem right and it kind of feels like that format of when we're, where we're getting these standalone stories like you said uh, larry hammer of course is the guy who is probably best known for his run on gi joe um we didn't have gi joe in england we had action force but it was the same thing. They just same characters, changed the I name. Think. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it, it kind of bled off from um, 
uh, what was it? Action Man, who was our GI Joe, the the big giant dolls, you know, the twelve inch or eight inch. But, but they weren't the same. They were the same characters. Though? I think they were the same characters. I think is it, it was kind of like, like how, like uh, how um, in some Asian countries they uh, dropped um, the ninja on Teenage Mutant. Ninja they did Turtles. that in England as well. It was Hero oh. Turtles because uh, they didn't want to influence children into going into the sewers and fighting. Uh, bad guys, and they also you weren't allowed to show nunchucks. Yeah, so, I, I remember that. So yeah. they they ended up actually changing his weapon, mm-hmm. Michelangelo's, to a uh, it's like a turtle grappling hook mm-hmm. thing. I'm a Bob. Yeah, I'm a big turtle fan. Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Ninja. They turtles. changed the song. Yeah, as well. they really. Yeah, they also changed. Uh, I was talking with someone about this the other day. Uh, Top Cat because Top Cat was a um, a brand of cat food, so it was called Boss Cat. So the theme song was called boss had boss cat uh-huh. the title was boss cat but they didn't change any of the stuff inside the car in itself so they all called him tc and top cat in it so it was very weird huh. Huh. but yeah there you go they changed there you things. go people change things we don't like that yeah don't change things that. just don't show it if you don't like ninjas uh, so uh this issue as we mentioned Bitsy's revenge yeah Bitsy's revenge it's kind of fun um yeah it's daredevil on a little uh, cruise and it, yeah. and it starts out with um uh, Daredevil is uh, uh, trying to foil a robbery, and um, he's too late. And uh, there's being some, it's, what was it, uh, diamonds, right? I think uh, it's diamonds, yeah. Di- yeah, diamonds were being stolen. And we meet a character for the first time, but Daredevil has had a relationship with this guy for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. And um, his name is, uh, well, I guess Sarge. They just call yeah, him Sarge. Sarge. And um, he has a gun that he had that he kept on him for good luck. And it was called Bitsy, and obviously, mm-hmm. you know, the, the name of the, of the issue is Bitsy's Revenge. Yeah. So this gun is going to definitely play a, a fact later. Yeah, he was, a, he was he's working as a uh, a night guard. Yeah, a night uh, time security guard. Yeah. Um, Daredevil calls him Sarge, and he ends up getting shot, so he's going to die. And Daredevil's there with him, saying it's going to be okay. And but while this is happening, Sarge is telling him a story that he's told him a million times about how he got Bitsy and and, and how Bitsy saved his life. Doesn't yeah. tell us how it saved his life yet. No, but we just know that it saved his life. Yeah, he was he was like a peaceful. He he was in Vietnam, yeah. but he was a uh, conscientious. Uh, what do you call them? Objector. Objector. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he went there and he didn't want to. He worked as a medvac. He didn't. No, he says no medvac for me. But he he didn't want to be a killer. He hated being in Vietnam. He hated being in the war. And he's talking about that. Yeah. But so, Bitsy saved his life. Yeah. So he pulled Bitsy um, on somebody who was trying to get uh, to one up him and um, or, to, or to get the surprise on him. And uh, before he can finish telling the story, he ends up dying in he Daredevil's arms. So Daredevil, of course, mad. is mad and and. And uh, he goes out and uh, tries to foil the guys that are getting away. And uh, he is successful with the exception of the getaway vehicle ends up getting away. And uh, so Daredevil is left with the goons and he starts to question one of them. Mm -hmm. And he finds out that um, the person that was driving the the vehicle was none other than than this really tall, skinny dude. And his name was, um, what was his name? Uh, the job planner is. Uh, I'm figuring uh, the main man. Uh, where is it? Diamonds. What is his name? It is. Uh, is it Willow? Or is it Akba? Um, I can't remember his name now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember his name. Yeah. Oh, oh uh, Akbar. Uh, Akbar. Is that his name? He's the magician, right? Well, no. The the female is a magician. Oh yeah. He's so the, he's the guy. He's the guy that was going to be yeah. there. Um, ba, 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 Five millions worth of diamonds. Yeah. Uh, oh, he gave his name up. The man whose job was the same guy, Carmen Pesca. 
Carmen Pesca. Thank so you. Carmen Pesca, sorry for that long delay, everybody. <laughs> so Carmen Pesca is on this cruise ship, and that and and obviously has brought the diamonds with him. Yeah. And uh, so Daredevil, you know, decides to plan a little cruise. So we get a, a little cruise. He's so we get to see women some women are trying to chime him. Yeah, up. we get to see some fun moments of him yeah. as Matt as Matt Murdock, kind of uh, joking around with uh, joshing with the ladies, you know. Yeah. And uh, we see um, that same guy. We see uh, Pes- uh, Pesca talking to another incredibly tall female, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. Um, and then they're, uh, you know, looking over the ledge of the cruise ship, and Pesca ends up uh, getting slapped by this lady. So Daredevil yeah, Willow uh, is the woman. The wi- woman's yeah. name is Willow, and, mm-hmm. and Matt's like, mm, that's kind of weird. So Matt quickly gets away from the the Willow, the Phantasmagoric, the lady that's trying to talk her up or talk him up right now. Yeah. And so he goes to investigate what happened, and then the lady starts complaining to Matt, saying, oh, you know, I don't want, you know, Pascal was being a punk or whatever. He was supposed to help me with this gag I'm doing later for my uh, magician show. And then she ends up convincing Matt, and it's funny because Matt's like a foot shorter than her, ends up convincing Matt to actually help her mm-hmm. later on do, during the routine that she does. Yeah. So Matt reluctantly agrees. And so now, we, we you know, we cut to the actual... Um, show where willow is doing her bit she's the main musician and she brings matt to stage and ends up tying putting a harness on matt and makes him disappear by by shooting him up in the air real high yeah a a wire that lifts him up Mm -hmm. well anyway so long story short after that ends up happening we find out that um the event that matt was looking that was going to happen or potentially could start to happen ends up happening and this big pirate ship yeah. comes up out or a submarine comes out of the water. Yeah. Um, a missile takes out yeah. the, uh, the radio relay. Yeah. So then they can't. Um, yeah. Uh, and a pirate ship comes out of the water and it says, yeah. send everything over right now. Yeah. We're going to send a dinghy. You have to put all of the diamonds, everything you have into the boat and send it back. And that's when Matt is realizing something's not quite right. Well, because Pesco is, is st- standing there watching the whole thing and he assumes, okay, this is weird. Why is he not like going to safety or whatever? Yeah. And then this this um, this big piece that from the top of the the radio the, the radio tower ends up falling, and Daredevil jumps and saves Pescal out of the way. Yeah. And then that's when he confronts him and says, "You're like, I know it was you. I know you stole the diamonds." And he goes, "What are you talking about? Yeah, what diamonds? It doesn't make any sense." And then Matt puts two and two together. He finds out that Willow is actually the bad guy yeah and that she had planned this whole thing yeah so this boat's going out but she's already taken the diamonds off of this little dinghy yeah she had actually dressed up as pesco Mm -hmm. earlier and stolen them and purposely invited pesco on this flight or on this cruise because she could you know pin it on him yeah yeah it was a cool little bit daredevil figures it out ends up going after her um and uh you know that's typical he gets into a fight he with, gets her, in two a fight stage with hands, the stage hands. And takes him out quite quickly, but yeah. then uh, Willow's there and she says, uh, "Okay, you got me, but um, I've got this. I've got a drop on you." Yeah. And she pulls out. She says, "I bet you can't dodge bullets." And she pulls out Bitsy. And we didn't mention this earlier. Bitsy was actually stolen. Yeah. So um, that was his good luck charm. That was yeah. um, um, Sarge's good luck charm. And when he was dying, he had told Daredevil, um, you know, and she even stole uh, Bitsy. So now she's got the gun pointed at, at um, Daredevil, but Daredevil doesn't seem scared. Yeah. He goes, Bitsy, that's Sarge's gun. What are you doing with that? And she's like, stop talking. I'm going to shoot you. And then, boom, it ends up backfiring. Yeah, it explodes in her hand. <clears throat> and that's when he says, you know, this gun hasn't worked in 20 years. Uh, Bitsy was, he would never another human fly. 
a human fly. I never heard another human being, let alone a fly. Um, and one day, you know, he got the jump when he was out in the jungle. A VC came in, started to get ready to throw a grenade at him. He pointed Bitsy at him. Uh, he, he pointed the gun at him and just waited, and the grenade went off before he could throw it. And part of the grenade lodged in the gun. And that's why the gun doesn't go off. It's a good luck charm. It's, uh, it's never meant to be fired. So it doesn't... I don't think she's dead. No, she's just down on the floor. But, but she's down on the floor when it ends. But yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, so that was that. That was issue one ninety three. It's it's once again, it's a oneer. Yeah. Um, it's it, kind of a quick, easy read. It, yeah, quick, easy read. It, it's you know, uh, Daredevil gets to do a little bit of detective work, which is kind of yeah. fun. Which you know but, we um, enjoy. Yeah, we enjoy that. We but enjoy that, that. But that that was it. So now uh, we enter. Denny O'Neill run state. on Daredevil. Yes. And he was on there for longer than I thought. He was on there for a long while, almost yeah. up until when Frank Miller comes back. Yes. Yeah, so um, he, he has been editing for a long time. Yeah. And now, um, well, like this issue has a guest editor. Um, uh, it's Linda Grant is a guest yeah. editor. Uh, so cl- Denny O'Neill, yeah. quick, quick, quick little bit about yeah, Dennis, talk, Denny O'Neill. Let's talk about Dennis. Denny O'Neill is a, um, he is a long time comic book. He's been involved in comic books forever. And he is like, uh, he's still around. He's 80 years old. He still works in comics, I believe. Um, he started out, he was a, uh, he was uh, when Roy Thomas started picking up the slack for Stan Lee, because Stan Lee went off to try and sell everything to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and Roy, to- or when the workload got too much for Stan, and Roy Thomas came in. Denny O'Neill was one of the guys who took the writer's test, the, the famous writer's test that Marvel used to do, if you remember, back in the 70s, I believe. Um, maybe even earlier. And uh, Denny O'Neill has mentioned that he got the the writer's test and didn't really take it that seriously. He did it one afternoon when he was going to do a crossword puzzle and just thought, wow, I'll knock this thing out, and got the job. And he became a writer um, and became an editor and writer at Marvel. I think he was a writer at first. He was involved with a bunch of different things. He did a run on Doctor Strange, Strange Tales, uh, Rawhead Kid, Millie the Model, and he did 13 pages of Daredevil issue 18 over a plot that uh, that Stan Lee had, had written, but then Stan Lee went on vacation. So he'd already been involved. I in remember that. that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he bounced around. He went to DC. He was involved mm-hmm. in DC, and he did a lot of work with, with Batman. With Batman, and with uh, you'll remember um, Green Arrow and uh, Green Lantern. He wrote some very famous stories with those guys. Uh, he was involved. He introduced um, the Creeper, I believe. I think he was involved in introducing the Creeper, uh, who Steve Ditko had created. Um, he, I mean, he, he was involved in some real big, 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 big stories. He worked with Neil Adams a lot in the Brave and the Bold storyline where the um, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, the whole drug storyline, the whole uh, race relations storyline, Speedy being addicted to heroin. He was involved in uh, creating Talia Ghul, Raza Ghul, and all of those guys. Um, Superman versus Muhammad Ali. He was involved um, with the X-Men as well, back at Marvel, with uh, Neil Adams again. Um, And then he came back to Marvel and started doing some more scripting, Amazing Spider-Man. He did some stuff with The Punisher. 
He introduced Madam Web. Um, he, I think he introduced uh, Hydra Man. He was a scripter on Iron Man and Daredevil from 83 to 85, so it was a big run. Uh, he introduced Abadiah Stane, um, who was the Ironmonger, who plunged Tony Stark back into alcoholism. Um, and he also was involved, uh, he was editing with Frank Miller, and they introduced a bunch of characters, including Lady Deathstrike, and this is cool. Uh, he so he was the one who said that you have to come up with a better, like a more realistic fighting style for Daredevil. To Frank Miller, he said, you know, you should make it something realistic, and so that's where all the ninja stuff came in. But he also was uh, came up with the character concept for the Transformers. Oh, really? And is credited as create as the person who named Optimus Prime. Huh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So there you go. He is in, and then he, uh, he became an editor in 1980 and um, did a lot of work with Roger McKenzie and Frank Miller, obviously. And then, um, yeah, he's, uh, that's it. He, I mean, that's not it, obviously, but mm-hmm. he was, he's, he's a big name in comics. I will tell you a quick uh, a personal anecdote. Um, so as people know, me and Joshua and I work in film and television. And we meet a lot of star celebrities. And I'm very rarely starstruck. There's a couple of actors who I've been overwhelmed with uh, their caliber. Just uh, it makes me nervous to approach them to do my job. Right. But I've never been in a position where I am s- I'm not able to do my job. I met a couple of comic book creators that have completely starstruck me. Completely starstruck me. Pete Milligan was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um Denny O'Neill was the other one. Okay, that's I cool. met Denny O'Neill at a comic convention, and I saw him, and I was so overwhelmed. I didn't really know what to say, and I didn't have anything. I wanted to get a signature by him. I went and found a copy of a Batman comic that was just like, I can't even remember what issue it was. It wasn't a special issue. It was just something. I just wanted to have something to sign by him. I went and got it, and I went up to get him to sign it, and I remember he looked at me as if to say, why on earth are you giving me this to sign? This is like a nothing comic book. <laughs> and he just looked and he was like, you want me to sign this? And I said, yes, please. And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And I had nothing else that I could think of to say. Because mm-hmm. I was like, this is Danny O'Neill. This yeah. is the man who's like been involved in comics forever. So That's really cool. Yeah. Danny like O'Neill. Story. And you know, it's for you know we're as as people may know me and Joshua are white males and if there's one group of people that can always think of something to say I mean we're average white men with podcasts we should be able to think of something to say all the time we should be ready to spill it, our guts at, at, when, when are we not talking exactly and there I was unable to say a single word other than yes please uh, that's funny I think the person in the comic book industry that I was the most starstruck by was probably Jim Lee. Because I'm a big Jim Lee fan, so yeah, you are. I was uh, that that was pretty cool. I I, actually, I got to meet him uh, twice, mm-hmm. so that that was the, I got a picture with him and got got him. He signed Justice League number one mm. um, when they did the new Fifty Two. Oh yeah, I had mm-hmm. him signed uh, Justice League number one. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's fun. It's so weird. I get more starstruck on comic creators than I do like big celebrities. Yeah, that's so funny because yeah, it's my job. I don't <laughs> yeah. really. It's not like I don't care. It's just like I've got to do my job. Mm-hmm. Whereas comic book people, I'm like, oh, wow, that person told all those stories that I really dig. Right. Yeah. Anyways, um, that was a complete side track. No, but that's cool. See, that's what's so good about our podcast is, yeah. is uh, we talk more about stuff we're not talking about. It's mm-hmm. great. Love it. Exactly. Um, so here we are. Uh, yeah, Stanley we are. Stanley Presents Judgment, writer Danny O'Neill, I.S. Klaus Janssen. This was an interesting issue. Mm-hmm. 
70 years ago. <laughs> That's how it starts, 70 years 70 ago. 70 years ago, yeah. And it's this, uh, this story about a religious group, uh, sect that have... Um, Let me see if I could find there. They're referred to as the, the Council of Elders of the Congregation of Righteousness. Yeah. And it's a, it's a very uh, strict religious group, and they come and they knock on Matt's door. And they say we need a to hire a service. Here is money, and they're kind of almost like um, uh, what's that group called? Like the Amish or something like that, where they you know they're in horse in horse drawn carts and mm-hmm. they're wearing overalls, and they give them a bunch of money and they say uh, they say you know we need to hire you. Uh, here's a note explaining your the, duties. The, yeah, the big thing with them is they they decide everything within their group. Yeah. So like if you do something bad. You know, they don't call the police. Yeah. They take care of it themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of weird that they're, go, they're reaching out and getting a lawyer. And he's handed a wad of cash, and it's $1,000 bills, $50,000 bills, he says. Quite a handsome retainer. When was the last time they made $1,000 bills? I know, right? Anyways. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, so he says, you know, I've got I gotta to find out a little more about this. So he gets into his red duds and goes to where the uh, council uh, l- the elder, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, resides, jumps over the wall, meets a dog, takes care of the dog, unfortunately kills the dog, which is a real shame. I know. Like, he has not had a good run with dogs lately. No. Yeah, yeah. He, he takes the... D- and it's funny because nine times out of ten, when this story is written, mm-hmm. the superhero will find a way to, to not have to kill the dog. The dog. <laughs> it's and like but, the... Ba- it's like save the dog or the cat. But literally, like, dogs just die around Daredevil. He actually picks up the dog and throws the dog on these spikes that were used to guard that they're inside the main yeah the main it's like a, it's actually fence, like a, so, yeah. uh, i can't remember what the holes are called but there's like a hole in the ground that's got these spikes in mm-hmm. so so the people come by the guards and they're like oh the silly dog fell in a hole um daredevil climbs into a room and he gets into a room there's a guy sitting in a chair and he's surrounded by candles like tons of candles yeah there's candles everywhere yeah his name is what was his name again um He's the guy. Matthew. Oh no, no, no. Matthew and John are his are his two people. That yeah, his name hired, is. Um, is it Nahum? It's Jeremiah. Jank? Jeremiah. Yeah, Jank. Jeremiah Jank. And Jeremiah Jank is a guy who hired Daredevil, and he hired him because um, his group, as we mentioned, they're called the Council of Elders of Congregation of Righteousness. Yeah. Um, they are kicking him out. Yeah. Uh, they've condemned they, him. Yeah, to, to a, death. A death um, and so he had to flee the the city, but. So he's, I guess he's hiring Daredevil yeah. because he wants to be reinstated um, because he, he's only been given, like, he's going to die, right? And yeah. I think the idea is, is since he's like sort of on his deathbed a little bit, he keeps getting sicker and sicker. Yeah. Um, doesn't really know why because they don't go to doctors. Yeah. They don't um, go to doctors. He doesn't want anything to do with the modern world. He says, you know, I eat simple yeah. food. I burn candles sent to me from the congregation farm. I pray. He says, you're telling the truth. And he says, uh, I retain only my glasses. I cannot bear to give them up. And then Daredevil leaves. He says, uh, okay. So Daredevil decides going he's going to take the... Now, do you think he, he's taking the, taking the case because... Do you think he's taking the case because the, um, uh, the heartbeat said he wasn't lying? Or do you think it was the fifty one thousand dollar bills <laughs> that were given? Who to knows him? what what inspired <laughs> Matthew Miller? But he gets out and he says, you know, the air was so the 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 smell from those candles was overwhelming. Very and, hard uh, to breathe. Yeah, it's very hard to breathe. I'm I'm glad I'm out of that room. It would be, and he says, <laughs> I'd be a relief to get stuck in the the pollution of good old Manhattan. Um, 
so we see uh, the kids go see Kingpin, um, or a couple of the congregation go see Kingpin, and they're sort of talking to him. Um, we have a moment where they uh, he says th- they say uh, our father wants protection and we'll pay, um, and he says, uh, you know, Kingpin yes. says, yeah, yeah. why did you come to me? You could have gone to Daredevil. You, you've underestimated Daredevil. Um, I like how I just like how. F- you know, th- this guy is super rich, obviously, to pay fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And he first tries Matt Murdock and then and then he realizes that, you know, he's gonna need protection. So he goes to Kingpin. Yeah. For a guy who is separated from the world. And yeah. it's an interesting choice to go to yeah. to go to Kingpin for money. Even Kingpin's like, uh, what are you guys doing here? Like yeah. why do you like need my help or whatever? And it's a great bit where Kingpin calls in his uh, help and he says, Wilson, I will require the services of eight laborers. They need not be bright, but they should be strong and mean <laughs> and then he sends them to be guards in the house uh matt goes in as matt and uh goes and, and meets with uh jeremiah and uh no he meets uh, the brother who's nahum nahum is the brother jeremiah is the other one nahum is the brother with the eye patch who is the uh the elder mm-hmm. and he goes and says i'm representing jeremiah and he says uh that guy's cursed we won't mention him uh, he is... We should also say that Foggy went with him. Yeah. And that Foggy is noticing that these candles smell so really weird. He says, yeah, there's something weird about this All whole thing. All these candles, yeah. And this is... Isn't this when Foggy... Oh, no, he doesn't start growing the moustache just yet, does he? No, It no. comes later. comes later. Yeah. And he sort of says, you know, um, you can't condemn someone to death without a trial. That's illegal. He says, never you mind. This is our world. You know, this is what we... And while he's there, some of the Kingpin's goons come in. They hit Foggy. And Matt is able to hear this and he says, you know, I've got to work out what's going on. Something is going wrong. I've got to do my clumsy blind guy act. Mm-hmm. So he knocks over some candles, um, douses the fire so that place fills with smoke and he's able to change into Daredevil. And we get such a cool fight. Like yeah. I, I really like the artwork on this fight. It's a, it's, it's, I've never quite seen a smoke drawn like this before. Yeah. Normally it just makes everything like dark. Yeah. Like they kind of silhouette the characters. Mm-hmm. But this is actually like incorporating the, the, the Yeah, everyone comes kind of almost temporal and cloudy looking. And cloudy, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a cool fight. So. so they have this great fight and Daredevil's able to take care of things, but he says, you know, the the building's on fire, you got better get in there and take care of it. Um and um he drags everyone out and says, you know, you're all recovering. Uh, he's changed back into Matt Murdock and he says, what's going on? What is, what is going on with you and your brother? Why are you doing this? And um, and he quotes a little scripture back in because he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's a religious person and the guy gets angry at him. And then, um, and then Matt, Foggy's uh, coming f- around and he says something about the candles again. Yeah. So he, he was, he, so, uh, so Matt at this point realizes there's something going on here like the, the elder that wants this this guy out of their of their little club that they have, yeah. you know, like why does he care so much and and and, and everything? And then uh, Matt, um, it just kind of hits him. The uh, candles. Now, speaking of Jeremiah as though he's already dead. Why is he speaking to him as already dead? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then he realizes the one common thing between how Foggy was kind of passed out. Yeah. From the fumes of the candles. Yeah. And how he's coming to and talking about it. These candles must, there must be something with the candles. Yeah. So he goes back and he realizes, oh goodness, like the candles are what killing him. So he's trying, his brother's trying to kill him. So, um, or br- not real brother, but like, um, 
congregation brother. congregation brother. so he gets to the house and he's uh, going to warn him he's going to warn him but there's still the goons and he says you know you got you guys have got to get out of the way trust me mm-hmm. and uh it's marvin the tooth is the kingpin employee that's standing guard and he says uh uh, the boss says nobody gets inside, especially you. So he just knocks them both out <laughs> and just <laughs> jumps in. Then the two sons are there and they're ready to fight. They've got a pitchfork. They're fighting. They have a great little fight with the pitchfork where he's like, you guys have got to understand I'm trying to save your your father. So he jumps up, smashes the window, and Jeremiah's down on the ground. He's not breathing. Uh, and it's the candles. He knows something is in the candles. He throws the candles into the fire, gets him outside, gives him mouth to mouth and brings mm-hmm. him back alive. Uh, back around and he says the candles were poisoned um, and then they arrest um, they've, they've had Nahum arrested and they're going to press charges if you want and Jeremiah says nope um, we handle our things and we, handle, we take care of our business yeah. get the buggy ready and uh, he says you know I've been running uh, Nahum's congregation and their allies, demons and angels whatever they may be they'll chase me past the death's door itself so i'm going to return to them i'm going home and let them let them do what they will it's my my choice to let them pass judgment if they want to so he rides back to the congregation hands um dead devil the glasses and says this is a souvenir and leaves yeah. goes back to face his death penalty weird little story yeah it is a weird little story yeah um yeah I don't know. Yeah, it, it is. A, it is a weird little one. Yeah. Uh, the last one that we're going to talk today, I actually kind of enjoy this one. This one's great. Uh, yeah. This is once again written by Dennis O'Neill or yeah. Dan, Danny O'Neill. It used to go by, but um, a lot of things happen in this issue. This is pretty dense. Um, yeah. There is a lot of things, yeah. and and uh, I two two things I wanted to point out. The first one I like is that we kind of enter mid-action, which is yeah. always fun. I love yeah. entering mid-action and figuring out what's going on. It's yeah. like a tag on a TV show at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, exactly. I like entering uh, mid-action. So there's there's a helicopter and that's shooting down bullets and people are running and we're we're on a boat again. We're on, we're on a, you know, Daryl's spent a lot of time on a boat. But yeah. what I like is that he's undercover. He's undercover and, and he's, he's got a fake he's beard. He's got on. a fake beard. So a blind yeah. man with a fake beard and then and uh, he's undercover. And what it is is he's... Um, uh, this is another one of those He's cases. Uh, Bruno yeah. Poncatrain. This is another one of those cases where Matt kind of, like, with his job, the ethics of his job, mm-hmm. where he knows it is his job to defend somebody that's innocent. Yeah. But is it worth defending somebody who's innocent that you know is a bad person? Yeah. This guy is a terrible, terrible person. But Matt is defending him because he knows he's innocent. So it's that kind of yeah. And and I love when Matt deals with this this dynamic between the the you know right and wrong. Yeah. Like, is it better to be to not do the right thing because we know that this guy is going to go could potentially go out and mm-hmm. hurt people? Yeah. So he's on a pleasure yacht protecting this guy. Yeah. And they're attacked, and he does a great thing. He t- he takes out one of the guys on the uh, one of the gunmen that land with a beer glass. <laughs> he uh-huh. throws it. Takes him out and jumps up on the helicopter. This is after he did a, a super quick change. Super quick. I mean, Two pulls panels, the beard off. He and pulls the beard off and uh, the beard off, and then he's and he's got his shirt coming off of one arm. Yeah. He does a really quick change. Yeah. So these guys are wearing gas masks. So obviously they have the, their weapon of choice in addition to bullets is some type of gas yeah. too. And and Daredevil takes out a lot of the the, the the goons and the fight ends up going up into the helicopter. They go into the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. And it's kind of funny, like uh, the guy that was shooting uh, with the machine. 
machine gun at the door. Daredevil yeah. takes him and throws him inside. And by throwing him inside, he must have hit the, he the said controls. it hit, hit the controls, which caused the, the helicopter to crash mm-hmm. and potentially people die. Yeah. And Daredevil's like, oh, darn it. But does, huh. does he realize that, you know, maybe he should have thrown the guy into the water instead of I the like guy the, uh, into it's the... It's a pretty big drop. You know, it's the same drop that killed uh, Gwen Stacy. Um, he does say, you know, <laughs> he, he very casually says, oh, they'll be lucky if they can find the bodies. Anyway, I'm done. I know, that. and he literally killed him. That's a, you know, this is a new writer coming in. Yeah. And, you know, obviously he's been editing for a long time, but Daredevil doesn't kill. So the yeah. fact that he doesn't try to save the people, really... It, it even it even there's even a shot too, Jamie, where the helicopter is is falling into the water. Yeah, and he's hanging onto the bridge for dear life. Yeah, and it's like uh, I don't know. Maybe you should have tried a little harder to save him. Yeah, he does mention what happened was that they they kind of you know Bruno was celebrating because they got him off, but it's kind of like. You know, Matt's lamenting that they get off these bad guys sometimes, and it's not great. Uh, we cut to a party across town, and we see Heather, Glenn. Yeah, and this was the other part I wanted to mention. This is the big thing that happens. So Heather is gets a little drunk, and under no influence other than alcohol. Yeah. Um, she goes out with this with this guy who goes for a walk. His name uh-huh. is Mr. Brown. Yeah. He is... Um, in charge of the police department. He is. Tarkington Brown. Brown. And they go for a walk. And while they're going for a walk, Heather, without any instigation mm-hmm. at all, um, outs Matt Murdock as yeah. being Daredevil. This yeah. is huge. This is the first time that Daredevil has been actually outed by somebody who knows who he is. Right? Yes. He's been outed by like Spider-Man, by th- but then, but, but end up, being like, wait, what are you talking about? I'm not yeah. that person. But yeah. this is actually Heather who knows that he is him. Yeah. And she outs him strictly because of alcohol. Yeah. And Tarkington Brown knows that this is big news. He drops mm-hmm. her off home. He makes sure that she goes to sleep, um, slips her a couple of pills so she goes to sleep. And then uh, we, he goes and yeah. meets up with these this police group. And we, what he's got is he's, he's organized a death squad, a police mm-hmm squad we find out very quickly that he is not a good guy he's not a good guy and he's using the police to kill off criminals um and he kind of gives them those and then he basically says look i've got some information we're going to take out matthew murdoch um but he doesn't tell the police why he even tells them they go hold on if we're doing that wouldn't it make more sense to take off foggy because they assume that they're doing that because this guy is representing yeah uh, what was the Bent, uh, Bruno. Bruno. Mm-hmm. They're representing Bruno, so they think, why take out the blind guy? Take yeah. out the guy that can actually, you know, read books. Yeah. And, and like, no, no, trust me. No, no, trust me. And he mentions, you know, he, he puts a mention in, which is another thing that Danny O'Neill is, is known for, is uh, the, the social awareness stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentions the murder squads in Argentina and the group in San Francisco, which was going on in the 70s, 60s and 70s. Um, and he says, you know, Murdoch is a great threat. Take care of him. And then... We cut to Heather waking up, and she's like, "Oh no, what did, what I, did do? I do?" So she immediately goes to uh, no, not yeah. She immediately goes to Matt and t- and confesses to Matt. And I love Matt's reaction here because how do you react to that? Obviously, Matt's not going to hit her. Matt's also not going to. There's no point in like screaming at her face. No. Like he needs to go. <clears throat> like he immediately needs to jump into action. So he simply says, "Get out of here, Heather." Yeah. I love that. I thought that was perfect, Matt Murdock. Yeah. Get out of here, Heather. cold. Yeah, just like cutting her to the bone again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he's and then he gets uh, Becky to put together a file on Tarkington Brown. 
He's the mayor's computer expert, currently assigned to the police department. Get me everything you know. So we cut through. Um, we see uh, Heather then runs into Tarkington Brown and says, look, I, I, I don't know what I was talking about. I was drunk. I was lying. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. It's all good. We, we got the information. It's all taken care of. Um, don't you worry. I try, I believe you. And, yeah. and then he pulls a gun on her and he says... Uh, you know, let, let, let's give Heather credit, though, mm-hmm. actually. She, she actually, try she's mop it up. trying to yeah, mop it up. Yeah. So he pulls out a gun and says to her, um, you know, I knew you'd come here. I knew that you'd do that. And Daredevil's probably following Mm-hmm. So see, he this see- is the trap. Yeah, he sees it as if Daredevil's dead, then Heather's going to put two and two together, assuming that it was that it was him, Mister Brown, that did it. Because you know, it just he figures that she's not as as stupid as she kind of lets yeah. on to be a little bit. Yeah. Um. So she he has. So his, he says, as soon as Matt, as soon as I've got the word that Matt's dead, yeah. I'm going to kill you because right. I don't want any loose ends. Yeah. So we see the Death Squad have gone to Matt Murdock's place, and this is a cool moment. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say, like, so what Mr. Brown did? It's Mr. Brown, right? Talkington Brown. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So what Brown did was he has people positioned at all places strategically. Uh, two like within outside, two inside, or three yeah. inside, one outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, different rifles, different things, and uh, and t- uh, they have silent, they have a silent, odorless death gas. Yeah, that th- that they're going to let out as well. So they're all yeah. wearing safety masks. So Dare- Daredevil was smart. He goes, you know what? He even says that I'm so glad that I actually thought about checking the perimeter. At first, I was like, this is crazy. I should just go home. Yeah. Why would I check the perimeter? But then he realized, you know, he made a good decision. So he quickly uh, takes out the guy that's yeah. on the perimeter with the uh, uh, with the rifle, and then he decides to go in through the skylight because he figures that you know they don't know that he uses a skylight. Yeah, they so, only know that I might be him. They don't. Well, they yeah. may know that I'm him. They don't yeah. know how I operate. Right. So he uh, he, he takes him out. Yeah, pretty pretty quickly in the yeah. inside, and the first guy after he knocks him out, he's he's quick enough to realize, hey, everyone's wearing wearing gas yeah, masks. Yeah, what's with the masks? So he so he steals the gas mask off of the um, the guy that's inside. Yeah, and uh, and uh, it, there's a cool moment that so he's got uh, actually to take out that guy. Uh, this is before the gas mask part. Mm-hmm. Um, so he takes out the one goon, and then he hears the other goon coming. So he jumps out one window of his yeah. house and in through another window to get in behind him yeah. and breaks the window, gets in one of those superheroes, breaks his own window, and gets <laughs> the kick in uh, and knocks out guy number two. Yeah. And then that's when he grabs the um, the mask when he realizes, mm-hmm. hey, everyone is wearing a mask. And uh, so he grabs it before he con- uh, confronts number three, which is lucky because number three is the one with the death gas. Yeah. And he quickly takes him out. Um, and there's a cool moment where he leaves the body on the on the, the sidewalk in front yeah. of his place. And two police officers come by and he's like, well, I don't know who these guys are. I don't know if they're real police or if yeah. they're part of this death squad. So he just puts the body out because he doesn't want anyone to die, obviously. Yeah, but, he's he, he, but he's thinking the priority. The priority is going after Mr. Brown. Yeah, he realizes I've yeah. got to get to Brown. So we cut back to Brown and Heather's there and she's drinking a cup of coffee and he pours her some more coffee and she throws it in his face. He's and this is kind of weird. Like he, she had the, the coffee was steaming and she throws the coffee in his face. But for the rest of the time, we see Mr. Brown like he's not in any pain. No. He doesn't have a disfigured face. No. Well, um, I don't know if you would necessarily have a completely dis. It might just it be would a little bubble. red. It, well, I don't know, Jamie. I don't know. Uh, she runs out, and he's about to shoot her when Dead Ever comes. He slaps the hand, and he says, uh, you, uh, you know, he says, what's going on? Why are you trying to kill me? And he says, we're on the same side. 
And that's when Tankington Brown says, no, we're not. You're on their side, the weaklings. You see the problem and you don't have the courage to solve it. Not you, not the politicians, not the police. There's a war and we're losing. And the punks and the terrorists and the hoodlums are winning. There's only one solution. Be more ruthless than they are. Eliminate them. Kill them. And I just want to add, like, he's got a mentality a lot like the Punisher. Uh Where, you know, the bad guys need to be killed. And the reason I'm bringing this up now is because... If you remember at the beginning of this issue, Daredevil was dealing with the idea of this guy that I'm protecting is a bad man. I know he's a bad man. Why am I doing this? Oh, because yeah. he's innocent and I don't want an innocent man to go to jail. Yeah. But he's like, is it worth it? Because he is bad. So he starts to question things. And yeah. then um, so he ends up um, taking out Mr. Brown or actually instead of taking him out, he leaves and says, look, if Here's you the deal. if you out me, I'm going to out you 10 times worse. So he ends up, you know, ch- chancing his luck. Yeah. And, you know, uh, spoiler alert, he doesn't get out of here. So there is now somebody else that's alive yeah. that knows Daredevil's secret. Uh-huh. Who Will that come back into a play or not? We will find out. But I do want to point out on the very last page of this issue. Yeah, that's kind of a... Foggy tells Matt, oh, by the way, Bruno ended up killing a little girl this morning. And then so the last page is a shot of... Matt with his hand, his face in his hands. And it's cool because you think about this two-sided, like not only is he mad for defending Matt may, or defending Bruno earlier and yeah. saving his life, even though he knew he was a bad guy because he was innocent. He also is wonder, probably wondering, was Mr. Brown correct? Yeah. Is it better when these people are actually bad just to dice, you know, or to like a slice is of dice? Is it better to take him out? Yeah. Yeah. Is it better to be a Frank Castle than a... Yeah. There you go. There you go. And this is the start of Danny O'Neill's run. It is, yeah. Uh, Next week, we are covering the five last issues um, that lead up to 200. Yeah, we're going to do 196 through 200, and that's it. That's what we're going to do. We're also going to do a little... uh, We're going to do the question thing that we did for the first 100. We'll do one that is for 101 through... 200 and then we'll do a best of uh, the 200 issues or something that we've done um yeah we're gonna list off our 10 favorite issues all together yeah between so the, fir- the first 200 uh-huh I'm, I'm really curious to see what you say are your favorite uh, jamie oh yeah because when we had started this podcast mm-hmm. you had said that the frank miller era was your favorite yeah but after rereading them you talked about how the this the stan lee run one through 50 yeah that is either the same as Frank Miller or maybe even a little bit more at some parts. And so yeah. I'm just curious to see how many Frank Miller's run make it in there versus how many that are not Frank Miller. Yeah, and I also have acquired a real fondness for the uh, the other stuff, the Engelhart and the, mm-hmm. um, the Gerber mm-hmm. and all of that period. Now, uh, we just have to make a rule, though, when we talk about it, mm-hmm. that they have to be single issues, not runs. Yes, exactly. So if something is like a two-parter or a yeah. three-parter... You have to pick one of them. You've got to pick one of them. Yeah. Or none of them. Or all of them. <laughs> you got 10. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes. Yeah, we appreciate you guys sharing us, uh, sending us questions. Uh, yeah, if you have any questions, yeah. please feel free to send them in. Uh, please we're on do. on Twitter, JJ... Uh, DD. DD. Uh, or at JJ DD. Um, mm-hmm. And JJ DD at gmail.com I believe mm-hmm. is the email address um, but we're always happy to answer questions and uh, hear from you and thank you and rate and review us if you want to on yeah. iTunes because we're, we're on there and we're on all well, everywhere we're everywhere go look for us 
Thank you, us. guys. Thanks, everybody. We Thank you, everyone, it. for listening. I'm Joshua. I'm Jamie. We, we just, just did Daredevil. Daredevil.